book of Philippians, chapter number 1. We are now in October, and if you followed along in your reading plan, you started Philippians today. You started Philippians today. Now, if you're on that... Uh, <laughs> If you're on that chronological plan, you I can't help you. You're all over the place. I want to read verse number 27 down through verse number 30 just to finish out this particular chapter. I do encourage you, even if you're not on that reading plan, I encourage you to read uh, this particular book. Uh, I, I think that it will be a blessing to you. The, the church at Philippi, uh, it is one of the stronger churches uh, that uh, that you will find in Paul's writings, and Paul encourages them to do some things, and uh, so I, I do encourage you to do that. But in verse number 27, it says, "...only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that ye stand fast in one spirit." with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Now, I need to kind of back up and start reading in verse number 28 again, and just put the correct inflection on this. And in nothing terrified by your adversaries, or if I could say it like this, by nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, but to you of salvation and that of God. For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake, having the same conflict which He saw in me, and now here to be in me, if I can preach just for a little while, I, I, I want—I I tell you what—I'm going to try my best. I'm going to go to about seven fifteen. Almost said six fifteen, but I was afraid y'all was going to walk out. About seven fifteen, and I'll try to go just as far as I can. Uh, but I, I want to preach on this thought tonight: conduct worthy of the gospel. Now, of course, this is just chapter number one, but up to this point, Paul is uh, informing the church at Philippi about himself. He is, he is uh, writing his salutation as he does to all of uh, his uh, um, epistles. He is writing who to, to who he's writing to. He's, he's telling them who's with him and all of these things. Uh, but now in verse number 27, Paul begins to exhort the church uh, concerning their own Christian life. And the first exhortation or encouragement or challenge, if you will, is found in verse number 27. And he says that there's some things uh, that is worthy of the gospel. So that brings us to our thought tonight, conduct worthy of the gospel. And number one, I want us to notice just some general observations concerning our conduct. Now, I'm using the word conduct, but you'll not find that in this text. Uh, but as we look at verse number 27, it says, "...only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs." Now, let's stop there. 
So there, this is the general observation concerning our conduct. So under this, we look first of all at the word conversation itself. And often I have um, defined the word conversation as as our lifestyle, our our ins and outs of life. Well, as you begin to look, especially in this usage in the the Greek, it is to behave as a citizen. It is to behave as a citizen. So, um, to those at Philippi, where he's writing this letter, uh, this word, it has a special meaning. You see, at Philippi, this was a, a Roman colony, and most of its citizens uh, were actually citizens of Rome. In fact, most of them were retired soldiers uh, that were not forced, but they were uh, encouraged to retire to this a little area of Philippi, and while there, not only being Roman citizens, but also being uh, retired Roman soldiers, they are instructed that you are still representing Rome. And so now that there are many here that are saved and they are believers, Paul is writing to them and he's using a word that is very familiar to them. And he says, I want your conversation to be worthy of the gospel or I want you to represent or I want you to behave as a citizen where the gospel is from. So what do we mean by this? Well, uh, if you were to look over in chapter number 3 and verse number 20, uh, the Bible uses the word conversation again. And um, Paul says, for our Lord, or excuse me, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul says that our our citizenship is in heaven. And so we need to uh, present ourselves, we need to behave ourselves as citizens of heaven. And in doing so, then we will honor or we will walk worthy of the gospel. And so as you and I are believers in 2023, we understand uh, that we need to live worthy of the gospel. Uh, we need to, Peter says that uh, we need to be holy for God is holy. Uh, in Romans chapter number 12, it, it tells us that we need to live a holy and a righteous life and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds that we may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And so we understand that throughout the New Testament, as well as the Old, uh, that there is a, 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 a standard of living for believers, a standard of living that, that those that claim the name of God or of Christ must live. And Paul here is, he is... Uh, uh, issuing an exhortation to these men and these women to behave as citizens of heaven. And in doing so, then he says that their walk, their conversation would become the gospel. It would be worthy of the gospel. And so we look there at the conversation. Uh, it's the word conversation itself. But then uh, we look at this behavior as citizen. Uh, 
Uh, and then we look at the word worthy of the gospel. He says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel. This word becometh is the word worthy. And it, it implies that there is a behavior that is not worthy of the gospel. Now, you and I can point fingers to folks that do not represent the gospel all day long. Would you agree with that on this Wednesday night? I said we can point fingers all day long at other people who do not represent the gospel. And I believe that's so. But unfortunately, I believe that we as individuals oftentimes, sometimes knowing, sometimes unknowing, also I do say we act upon things. We re- Listen to me. Sometimes the things that we act are are not the things that that uh, betray us it is often our reaction that betrays us and so our actions do uh, betray us sometimes but sometimes it's our reactions to situations uh, that get us in more trouble than than our actions so we need to be very careful when we think about the the things that are worthy of the gospel Because there are some things that are not worthy of the gospel. And to act unworthy of the gospel would bring shame upon what? It would be shame upon the gospel. It'd be shame upon the Lord. It'd be shame upon God. Now, if you and I were to, as American citizens, if we were to go to a foreign land and we were to uh, break the law or we were to do some some shameful act, uh, then it would look um, it would look shameful upon our nation. Uh, if we, if as a father, if my children were to go somewhere and they were to do something and get into trouble, it would look shameful upon me. Uh, as there's some business owners in here tonight, if your uh, uh, employee was on the clock and they did something uh, that was just absolutely immature and they did something uh, that was wrong and against the rule, it not only looked bad on them, but it looked bad upon you as the employer. Uh, And so the same goes along with uh, the Lord and the gospel of Jesus Christ. In 1 Peter chapter number 2, verse number 11, Peter dealt with this a little bit. He said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, he said, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works, which they shall behold glorify God in the day of visitation. He says, you are among the world. This goes back a few weeks ago. If we're going to love the Father, we cannot love the world. And so Peter says, while we're in the world, he says, we need to abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the souls. Uh, he says, you have your conversation uh, honest. Make sure that your, your what, what was the word? Your behavior as a citizen of heaven, uh, make sure it is honest. 
honest among the Gentiles. Uh, the reason that we're not seeing so many people saved today is because the world as we know it, they see Christians as they know it, as just as vile as they do. Uh, they see the church just like the world. And so today we need to uh, walk worthy of the gospel. Uh, the Apostle Peter, he reminds us of the importance of proper conduct as we travel in this country that is not our own. If you go to some countries and you walk differently than they walk, they will put your tail in jail. Some of you ladies, if you go outside with your head uncovered, they will uncover your head. You understand what I mean. Uh, they don't play. There are rules. But but it's as if we we say that uh, Paul dealt with this in several of his epistles uh, where they basically, they thought they had a, a license to sin. And Paul answered again and again, God forbid, that's not the case at all. We don't have a license to sin, but rather we're, we're compelled to live more godly than we were before. So then we look and we see that if we are not behaving as citizens in a manner worthy of the gospel, then the only other alternative tonight is that we are behaving in an unworthy manner. Now this is just a simple, this is bottom shelf. This is bottom shelf. If you're not behaving worthy of the gospel, guess what? You're behaving unworthy of the gospel. There's no two ways about it. There's no two ways about it. And and I do not, Hunter, I do not want to be I, I do not want to be found when the Lord returns, I do not want to be found walking unworthy of the gospel. I realize that I am an imperfect being. I realize that I will fall daily. But as soon, brother Jody, you said it last night. Pretty sure it was. It was pretty sure it was last night. You said that when when Christians sin, that before they ever sin, they know they know that they're about to sin. It's because there's something living in them. Something's living in them that's saying, don't do that, don't go there, don't say that, don't look at that, don't read that, don't pick that up, don't, don't smoke that, don't, well, you, you fill in the blanks here. But what's happening is, is we've got to that point where, where we've almost, we've almost got too comfortable in that gray area. We've got too comfortable in that gray area where we said, well, was that, was that the Holy Ghost or was that something else? I want to know if it was the Holy Ghost or not. Our behavior as citizens is to be worthy. We're on subpoint C if if you're keeping notes. Our behavior as citizens is to be worthy, listen to this, with or without the presence of other Christians. Look with me again, verse 27. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come, Paul says, whether I come and see you or else be absent. So our behavior, our, our behavior as citizens 
ought to reflect the gospel whether we are around people or not. Whether we're in church or whether we're not. Paul said, whether I come and see you or else be absent. Paul evidently, he did not want their faith to be a, an environmental faith. The other day, my dad had to go to the doctor Monday or Tuesday last week and, and, uh, and they were asking him questions and I'll not give too much away here uh, for his own privacy, but, but they used the word environmental. My daddy, he is old school and he was like, I don't, there ain't no oil spills at my house. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, they were talking about, you know, his home. They were talking about the environment at home, make sure he was safe and things of that sort. Paul here, I believe when he says that, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, he says, I want to hear of your affairs that you're standing fast in one spirit. I believe that he wanted to make sure that they didn't have Simply an environmental faith. What I mean by that is he didn't want them to have a faith dependent upon their environment. Now I feel like I gotta explain that even more. I, I don't want to use this phrase, but I, I want to put the cookies all the way down. I feel like Paul is saying, I, I, I want to make sure that you're not just remaining faithful while you're under the influence of your home. I want to make sure that you're not just going to church because of your preacher. I want to make sure that you're not just remaining faithful to God because of your Christian school or because of Christian influence. He says, I want to make sure that when you're taken out of that environment, that your faith is still strong. There's some signs of environmental faith, and I have seen this uh, personally. One of those, and, and, and if you don't, if you listen, I, I'm going to give this to you, and then I'm going to kind of kind of help you a little bit. One of the signs of environmental faith is you will pray in public, but not in private. All right. Now I want to I want to flip this a little bit. There are some folks in here that do not like to pray in public. All right. Now, I want, to, I want to ease your pain a little bit. Because you don't pray in public does not make you less of a Christian, okay? Y'all hear me tonight. All right? Now, my wife's not in here. But if I asked, if I asked my wife to stand right now and pray, she'd have three coronaries, a stroke, and her water would break. All right? I'm telling you. She might would do it, but it'd take all of that to happen. But she's a godly woman. So don't think for a moment because you don't pray out loud or you don't pray in public that you're any less than a Christian. But a, 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 a kind of a, a proof of an environmental Christian, though, is you'll pray in a setting like this, but when you get home, you forget to pray. You'll pray when everybody's watching. And everybody's listening, but when everybody's gone, you, you never pray. You never bless your food. You never do anything. 
You'll study, you'll study your Bible. You'll have your Bible open and you got your pens and you got your markers and you got your notepad and everything else. You go to, you go to lunch and you got everything out and you get, cause everybody's walking by and they're seeing you. But when you get home, everything's closed up and throughout the week there's dust falling all over it until Sunday when everybody can see you. That's an environmental Christian. Then a lack of personal closeness and dependence on God. Some of the best times to get close to God is when nobody else is watching. Matter of fact, I said some. I I would venture to say the best times to get close to God. Because when nobody else is watching and nobody else is listening, you can just you can yell at God if you need to. Anybody? I, I mean, y'all. I have yelled at God. I've screamed at God. If I could have found Him, I would have beat on God's chest. If I'd done that in public, brother Jody, thinking people think I lost my mind. You know what they did? They got me a little bit closer. Let me give you these last two things and I'm gone. Paul's hope was that the Philippians, listen, their conversation, their behavior as citizens was not dependent on his presence. Paul says, whether I'm there or not, I want you to walk worthy of the gospel. He said, let's use, use, I want you to walk worthy. As becoming the gospel. Then he says, our behavior should not be dependent on the presence of other Christians, but on the presence of Christ alone. Now I love, I love when y'all are here. I have preached in this church when y'all haven't been here. You remember 2020? Whoopee. That was the weirdest thing. Preaching like there's a house full and ain't nobody but me and the crickets. Nathan, whether you're here, Miss Irene, whether you're here, whether I'm here or at home, Christ, One is with us wherever we go. And two, He's promised that if everybody else forsakes us, and we're all alone, He's never going to leave. And He's never going to forsake us. So you may be all alone. Tonight, when you go home and you flip the switch and you get in bed, there may be no one else around. And you think, well, I can be myself. I can do whatever I want to do. Know this. Christ is still there. I appreciate your attention tonight. We may revisit this maybe next week or so. I kind of... I kind of wanted to to go a little bit further, but I know if I did, I'd end up going into chapter number 2. So I'm going to stop there tonight. And if the Lord will help me, maybe next week or so, we may go a little bit further.
But uh, I ask you, if you will, there, there's only, uh, what is it, five chapters, four chapters uh, in Philippians. So uh, just take some time. It might take you 20 minutes. If you're a slow reader, it might take you 30 minutes. Who cares? Take you an hour. It doesn't matter. Just read it. If that's too long for you to sit down, you got A D D D D D D D. Just just read it little chunks at a time, okay? But just I guarantee you, you'll get a blessing if you read through this book. I'm not saying that I'm going to preach through the book, but um, I want you to read the book and and see what God will 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 help you with. All right. Um, give you an update, brother Lee. You asked about Melvin. Um, he. They they said he did have a heart attack, or they're they're still assuming that he had a heart attack due to his labs and um, sheds a couple other things here. But he is about the same, and then said he is no better. So um, that's about where we are on that. So if you would continue to pray for Melvin, this is Miss Leah Watson's brother-in-law. Uh, Buster was here Sunday and mentioned him in prayer. So he is still in ICU, so let's remember that in prayer, all right? Um, Also, uh, on Sunday, I mentioned, uh, if you can, try to bring in uh, candy on the last Sunday of the month. Don't know what date that is. The Sunday night, we're going to have a fellowship, and we're going to give candy out to the youngins and maybe to us old folks, okay? So um, keep that in mind if you want to bring some candy in. That'll be good, all right? Um, Did I promise I was going to do anything else that I've forgotten? All right, let's stand.